0: the apostles creed begins with belief in god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth and then it continues i believe in jesus christ his only son our lord who was conceived by the holy spirit and born of the virgin mary i want to talk about just the the first uh, statement there uh, today i believe in jesus christ his only son our Lord. There's so much that we could say about Christ, uh, but the the creed, the creed puts those thoughts first, that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Jesus Christ, our Lord. We, we think of Jesus Christ as a name. Jesus, first name. Christ, second name, last name. But that's actually not the reality when you look at the Bible. Jesus is his personal name. Christ is a title, and it's a title that, because it only belongs to Jesus, has, in the history of the church, come to be so uniquely tied to Christ that we think of the two things as two parts of his name. Let's think about those two things that are said in the creed. First, we read that Jesus, uh, that we believe in Jesus. And this is very important. This is the largest section of the creed is dedicated to Jesus, not because he's more important than the Father or more important than the Holy Spirit, but because it is through Jesus that the, the Father and the Spirit are revealed to us and through whom we uh, come into an adoptive relationship with the Father. So what we believe about Jesus is essential. It's what sets Christianity off from some other monotheistic religions, religions that believe in a creator God. Christianity believes in the creator God whose son is Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're going to think about Jesus' deity and humanity more next time. But it's very important to understand who Jesus is, and even his title and name tell us so much. So when we say, I believe in Jesus, we're talking about his personal name. Jesus was not a unique name in that era. It's the Greek version of the Hebrew word Joshua, named Joshua. Uh, and so there were a lot of Hebrews who were named Jesus or Joshua. We even run into one or two of them in the New Testament. But Jesus is the one whose name fits the reality of who he is. Jesus means God saves, or uh, in the Hebrew, Yahweh saves, the God saves. And while many could bear that name, uh, and it would still be true, God does save, Jesus is the God who saves. In a moment, I'll bring us to a text that shows that. Um, Then we have Christ, Christ the title. Christ could also be translated Messiah it means it's anointed one literally and anointed one for any hebrew of christ's day uh, clearly emphasized three offices prophet priest and king the prophet declared god's will to the people the priest uh, executed uh, offerings and sacrifices brought these offerings and sacrifices so that the people might be made right with God, and the king ruled over God's people. In Jesus, we have the Christ, the Messiah, who not only reveals to us the will of God, he brings about the will of God in our salvation by his own death on the cross, and he rules over God's people from his throne in heaven. And so when we read Jesus Christ, we're hearing God saves and he saves through this one who is the anointed. The Jews had this concept of the anointed one being the king who would come to reign in the name of the Lord. And that is who we have in Jesus. Jesus came to save and came to reign, having accomplished the work of the Messiah. Let's look at a passage here, and there are two, and they're both tied to what we think of as Christmas, and we'll probably look at these passages again next week. But when we look at scripture, we find Matthew 1, 1, the beginning of the New Testament, and what we read about Christ is this, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Skipping over the genealogy, we go down to verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. So with those two verses and all the verses in between, we have shown to us that Jesus can be the Messiah from an earthly perspective because the Jews waited for the Messianic King of the line of David. And here's Jesus, who is a son of Abraham and a son of David. He can be the Messianic King and he can save his people from their sins. Uh, And he can save all peoples because he is from Abraham, whose seed would be the blessing of the world. But let's keep looking at this passage. Matthew then continues with Matthew one eighteen. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, was unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But he, as he considered these things, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. So, right there, we have Christ presented. He is qualified. He's of the genealogy necessary to be the Messiah King, the Christ. His name is Jesus because he's actually going to accomplish what his name says God does accomplish. And that is, says Matthew, the proof, the fulfillment of God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. That's who Jesus is. And if we are biblical Christians, when we say, I believe in Jesus, all of those things need to be part of what we believe. It's not just about some nice guy. Jesus is God in the flesh who comes to save his people from their sins. We see this also in Luke chapter 2. Just two verses there. When the angels are speaking to the shepherds on the night Jesus was born, we read. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is the Christ, the Lord. You cannot truly believe in christ without understanding him to be god the savior of the world the one who comes to save his people the messiah i believe in jesus christ his only son our lord i want to think about our lord also today remember last week i uh, pointed our attention to the fact that the creed chooses to be in the uh the i the the single the personal uh language i believe but here the i believe is tied to the we believe i believe in our lord there are too many today who profess faith in christ they they may be truly saved you may be a a true believer and have experienced salvation and yet see no need for the church. You're a lone wolf Christian. You're off by yourself. But you see, the creed picks up on something very important in scripture, that scripture does not allow for a lone wolf Christian, a solitary Christian, without inconsistency. That is, if you are a true believer, but are not united with some local body of Christ, a local congregation of the body of Christ, then you're inconsistent with what the scriptures teach. Christ talks about coming to establish the kingdom. You aren't the kingdom, but in salvation you are brought into the kingdom. Christ says, I will build my church. You aren't the church, neither am I, but we are saved into the church and have safety in the church from sin, death, and hell. In Christ, as he establishes and builds up his people. Christ talks about the bride of Christ. As we look at the New Testament language of bride of Christ, it's not about you being the bride or me being the bride, it's we are the bride of Christ. The New Testament talks about Christ as, uh, the church as the body of Christ. I am not the body of Christ but I am a part of varying, calling, and gifting, according to Paul. Uh, we are the, the body of Christ together, and we need one another, Paul says. The, the finger and the hand, the, the toe, the foot, the knee, the head, the, the shoulders, they all need each other in the church. And so if we're one part of the body of Christ and try to sever ourselves from the body are inconsistent with the New Testament. The church, ecclesia, is the Greek word that is tied to what in the Old Testament was translated, the assembly. That's what church means, the assembly. And in Hebrews, that's picked up on, the assembly of the saints. Do not forsake or neglect the assembling of yourselves together, as some have done. Well, When we confess, I believe in Jesus Christ, it's not enough to be my Lord. We need to say our Lord. We are one people, a body, one bread in Christ. And therefore, we need the church. Confessing Christ faithfully, according to scripture, is confessing both my personal faith, and our Lord and our place in the kingdom of God. Lord willing, next week we'll pick up looking again at uh, Jesus Christ, his only son, and the, those verses, uh, those lines following that about conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. But we start here with just an acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is, He is the Savior, he is the Messiah King, and as Messiah King, he is our Lord. Have a great week.